Our limitations, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs about ourselves. Why do we give them so much power? I'm Simon Caruso, and this is the Limitless Man Podcast, speaking to those who doubted their own doubts and overcame limitations to pursue their very own limitless potential. Today's guest is a Texan girl turned Cali girl, California girl. She's been speaking and working in the media for over 10 years and loves inspiring others and changing lives. She's currently traveling and speaking about her newest book, Higher Living, an insightful look into a higher life. She's also continuing her artwork, scheduled to be on exhibit in 2023, as well as filming a real-time episodic series also scheduled to be released in 2023 as well. Holly Hester, thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much, Simon. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How have you ended up traveling all over the place with this book and promoting high living? Sure, Simon. Wow. Uh, First of all, thank you for having me. Um, And my story begins sort of like everyone else's. You think it's on the big screen and you think all of your problems are magnified. So it's the world's worries. Um, Mine is really very simple. Um, it's, it was a learning process. Um, I grew up watching an entrepreneur. I grew up with, a, with parents in real estate. Um, I grew up with a stepfather. Um, my relationship with my parents was great from my mother's side. Um, I had to, I, I, it was very estranged from my father, mine and my father's uh, point of view. Um, and as a result, I grew up um, very confident, yet very, um, you know, sort of for sort of lacking in that safety. So I grew up with the safety financially, but I grew up with no emotional safety. Um, I think I did pretty well for myself, uh, regardless of this, because I grew up, um, my mother would demonstrate, she would literally take me to every single one of her rent properties uh, when I was younger. And she would show me how she was with people. She would show me her interactions. She would she would let me see what was okay, what boundaries were not to be crossed, and what can be done financially, and, and checking on people, monitoring homes, people's well-being and safety. She She let me see a positive entrepreneurial mindset, really, from an early age. And so I kind of grew up with that safety and that security that, guess what, rent comes every month. But guess what? There are responsibilities and you have to provide safety in a home. And these kind of things you can consider for your future as well as education. So I I grew up like that hated school, um, always was a dreamer. I was always a dreamer. I imitated the television screen. I love meeting actors that uh, of movies that I've watched growing up. It, it's like a full uh, circle, you know, back. And it just kind of uh, demonstrates that, uh, you, know, de- you know, that separation that, you know, like filling in the gap. I love it. Um, that's a part of what I do and what I love what I do. Um, I grew up um, in production. Um, a lot of behind the scenes in different churches, different organizations, uh, creating my own media. I started script writing um, in my teens, in my late teens, because I thought, well, if women can be entrepreneurs, so can I. So I had that example already from my mother and my older siblings who were already, um, my older brother actually was a model and an actor, made it look easy. So my whole family just went to California. 
And uh, it's starry-eyed. I had stars in my eyes, but I had scripts and I was paying for acting classes. My The first check I overwrote was for an acting class, right? Reality hit. Your parents don't always pay for everything. You actually have to invest into yourself. You actually have to pursue your passion and you're actually gifted. So what did this mean? What did this mean for Holly? This meant Holly had to show herself. She had had to really step into her creativity. I didn't know back then what I know now, obviously. Um, creativity can mean it, 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 not just acting. Creativity can mean all avenues, little in all areas of living, you know, relationship, financially, physically, all those five areas of living. I did not know this, but I had a mother who encouraged me. Then I had to step into adulthood. So I kept taking acting classes. Um, I kept listening to the advice of uh, of those around me uh, who who actually you know uh, had a lot of wisdom and so um i i you know i did a lot of research research never stopped research never stopped i i had to keep going in research I had to uh, research what roles were going to be out. I had to research about keeping a positive mindset the entire time I was in show business. I had to research all the great act act uh, acting um, um, instructors. I had to research who the best were, and that sort of unraveled and helped me uh, make other partnerships in the industry. Um, the, the writing process continued. I kept journaling, which led to uh, led to books, which is leading to more books. Um, and my experiences, you know, I, I had to undergo, I had to undergo emotional abuse. Like I said, I mean, I did not grow up the easy way. I grew up, um, you know, a girl in church, obviously, but just because you're in church or just because you're, um, you know, you grow up in a um, really safe and secure household does not mean that you are. It means you grow up in a certain environment. Can so I, I had to keep maintain that. Yeah. Sorry, just with that, because some of the challenges you spoke about were sure. abuse and diagnosis. Yeah, sure. Do you want to talk okay, about so, that now? Of course, of course. Well, my father, he was, um, it was an emotional abuse because, you know, he was diagnosed with some things. And back then and in the 90s and the 80s in the 90s, you could not treat things. Things were not really getting treated. There was no research like there is now. And um, I was getting, the church world was my, was my treatment, uh, you know, and that's, you know, it's, that's debatable. So at times it's, it's never debatable when you grow up in a religious household, but it's very debatable when you you step out and branch out and become this sheltered girl and then hello Hollywood type thing. You know, it's uh, you, you're you exposed to other religions. You're exposed to just this imaginary playland, which is not an imaginary playland at all. It's just like this whole, you know, imaginary crazy land. You know, it might as well be called La La, you know, BS land. You know, I mean, it's La La land, but it's also BS land. It's show business. I mean, it's crazy. It's a field and it's own it doesn't make sense you know which is why i'm here which is <laughs> why i'm involved yeah. in it i mean you have to maneuver but it going back to the abuse um i uh was ridiculed and um a lot by my classmates um i was never um i was always think an unconventional thinker i thought mm, i can write a script at 10 years old i was writing a script uh this um did not please um, both of my parents. 
this did not please some of the people around me. This didn't really even please um, my my family members, meaning my step family members, things like that. This didn't please some people. Um, I didn't really care, but at the same time, I always saw these people. Well, the problem was I didn't care if if it pleased them or not. I was never into the whole, you know, um, you know, codependent thing. But because I was ridiculed by my classmates, I expected a safe shelter in my home life, and that just wasn't there. So what would happen? I would get anxiety. I would break out in anxiety a lot of times from this abuse. Um, Abuse now was not abuse back then, and it was not diagnosed. It was not. It was not treatable. It really was not treatable, and um, there was no teachings on it. There was no medication that could secure it. You know, th- there there were so many things. It, society just is not now, and there are so many ways out now, and there are so many voices that speak out about things now that were not available when I was growing up. And I didn't know this and I had to be secure and my, my, I had help a lot uh, from my mother and from, you know, my immediate, but I had no, because of the emotional abuse, because there were certain things that, that would, that would be said uh, by, by one of my parents, there were certain things, there were certain reactions that they had um, when I was, I was very clumsy when I was a kid, I was very clumsy. Um, like I said, I just had anxiety. I had a lot of stomach problems um, as a, you know, when I was a kid, because I would internalize a lot of things. And so I would be ridiculed by my classmates in my home life because I thought in a different way. And I thought higher, um, I, this, this didn't go over so well. So I got different reactions. And um, as a result, uh, I didn't really get pushed back. It made me want to pursue this imaginary life that I had more. It made me want to write more. It made me want to uh, finish my script. It made me want to say, you know what? Because you're telling me that you never got this I can type thing. I mean, you know, one of my family members actually told me, why are you even wanting to act? Why are you even wanting to perform? Why are you showing these habits of a performer? Why are you trying to create? Those are dead dreams. I was even given that kind of opportunity and I didn't pursue it fully because they couldn't make anything. And I'm over here in my head and I'm thinking and I'm I'm reacting in my mind. I'm internalizing everything that they're saying. And my mind is literally thinking, well, what if, well, what if anyway? You know, so, yeah, that was a lot of emotional abuse, a lot of psychological abuse. Uh, When my parents did not, they were very simple. They did not come from uh, fame and glamour and things. And they didn't come from motivation and positivity. Uh, You know, they came from simplicity, Uh, very small town mindset and very simplistic thinking of you. Not only can't you do this, don't even think about doing this. That's interesting so, because a lot of people listening to this are probably have been through a similar experience, I would have thought. They've thought about doing something, but they've grown up in an environment that maybe it just would go too much against the beliefs, too much against the grain, too much just against the, the thinking of what's possible, the possibilities. Some people realize this later in life. So others that come to a sort of a, a fork in the road type moment and then they feel stuck. So it's interesting that you say you still did it though. You still decided to commit to something despite being in this environment where 
it was a little bit, it was frowned upon. It was something that people didn't believe in around you. How did you go about that? How did you feel just going through the process? Because obviously there would have been some big challenges and you knew from a young age that you, you loved to pursue this dream. You wanted to be part of Hollywood, the script writing, the acting. So when you had times of doubt, because no doubt that would have happened over your journey, how did you deal with that? How did you push through that? And how did you make sure that you knew you were on the right track? That's a great question, Simon. Um, so when everyone went um, outside to play, when all the other kids were outside and playing, I chose not to do that. I chose to sit down and I chose to finish a script. Um, when everyone else was not um, um, talking to their parents about their problems, because, you know, as a kid in my neighborhood, um, I, I was very close with my siblings. I still am today. Yes. And that is very good. It's good to be close with somebody. Um, so, um, I grew up in a very tight knit home and in my neighborhood, the parents were not close to the kids and the kids were not close to the parents, the teenagers, the adults. You were just not close to your parents at all. You had communities, you had your swim team, you had your this, you had your activities, but you were not close. And your parents, we we, we really were those type of kids where we kind of did everything. And then we would call, all call each other up. Oh, let's do this kind of thing. Oh, let's, let's do that. And it was really, it was really fun things, but you didn't talk to your parents. Well, while everyone was doing that, I was talking to my mother and I was talking about my dreams to my family. And I was really one of those speak out type people, you know, wore my, wore my parents down, you know, went, went in, uh, pursued that acting, um, you know, and I thank God my mother, uh, still owns land in Texas too, uh, because I would really kind of, I would be in California and if for a long period of time, I really couldn't take the show business of it. I would come back and I would come back and forth and back and forth. And then, you know, it, it, you got to do that in other to, to pursue that healthy mindset. But how I continued on, there were a few people that came into my town and by meaning, um, they were very uh, motivational people. They were they were preachers, but yet they were also authors and things like that. People people that of 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 crafts that I wasn't pursuing, and until I knew later on that I would, which is amazing. Um, they came into my town, and I connected with them almost instantaneously. It was so weird. It was completely weird. And these partnerships would just start to happen right and left. And that fork in the road, I love that you said that, that fork in the road is, you know, is is kind of the choices and the paths type thing. Well, my choices weren't like every other kid. My choices um, were, were not limited. And I was blessed from that. And my paths uh, I had one path and that was continuing on that path. And that path then, oh my God, um, was 
it's just like teaching now where you can't just do one thing. You can do many things. Well, I was taught as younger, you know, even in church and in school where you had just that one thing and you could only pursue it. That's not right. And it's still not right. It wasn't right when I was growing up in the nineties and, it, and it's not right now, you know, I'm giving away my age, but um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So people that came, people came into my life, people came into my life and uh, called me up higher. Uh, people came into my life and saw things for me. People came into my life and recognized, and there was like a lichen spirit, you know, when you instantly click with somebody and they can instantly see those things. Well, over time, I kept connecting with these people. It wasn't just a once and then done fork in the road, like you said. I kept connecting over time time uh the connection just sort of supernaturally happened just it kept going um you know i kept journaling you know and and i kept um i kept imagining and it was one of those things where with some people i totally get your your question it stops for some people those that will wish upon a star and, and that will never happen but then there are those that the opportunity to keep presenting presenting itself and it's like the stars in the in the earth then all the other planets, it's like all the planets collide, just a boom in your direction, like do it. It's your time to let you know that it's your time. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people, like you said, they, they're taught to do one thing. And so you focus on that one thing, but then when you're 25, 35, 40, sometimes you realize you've done the wrong thing. And so then changing becomes so hard. It's so difficult. And so people, they want to change. They want to do something different, but they don't feel like they can. And what I've noticed about you, you, you have a go at many different things. You're, you've written books, acting, painting, that's going on exhibition. I just think it's amazing that you can actually, you can do multiple things, you can try things. And I'm sure there'd be many failures along the way as well. There were things that didn't go to plan along the way. But I mean, how? what advice could you give to someone who knows that they're in, they're on the wrong path now they've they've committed they find themselves at an age an adult age of 30 35 maybe even 40 years of age and they want to do something different but they don't believe they can they think it's too late that they shouldn't that it's too risky what would you say to those people that's a great question too what i would say to those people is um i would ask them something and this is the question I would ask. Where's your reminder? That's, that's, that's the number one thing I deal with when, when, uh, when I help people. And I love when I help people because um, of what I do as a speaker and as a motivationist and that sort of thing. Uh, people, that's my number one question that, that you know, that people, they're like, Holly, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> and, and I'm saying, where's your reminder? What reminder? What are you talking about? Your reminder, your reminder that you once were or your reminder that you still did or the my, reminder that they still feel this way toward you. Um, I talk about this often in my book, but I also talk about this in encounters that I have with people. It, this is not just to promote my book. This is not just to, you know, just to encourage someone who's having a bad day. Um, I say this. You know, what do you mean by that? Well, of course, I of course, I remember them. Then that's your start, because if you can remember your first time, if you can, this sounds so cliche, but it's so true. I oftentimes have sparked. I've 
I've been under a spark and I've lit up with passion when I was reminded that I could or that they did or that it was. There's always going to be a reminder. We're just not seeing it because we're not focusing. Uh, the last reminder I had, um, I the last reminder I had was uh, me and speaking. The last reminder I had was 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 uh, you know was 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 speaking. The first time I ever spoke. In fact, I just got a reminder about that the other day. Um, where was it? It was it was uh, laying around somewhere. It was it was an item in my in my house that I was it was laying around somewhere and I kind of just walked past it and I was like oh you know it, it was just something something or or something a friend says or something w w go around um things that are familiar go around and I'm not talking about negative familiar and toxic I'm talking about positive familiarities go around those and you the reminder will kick in there will be a reminder I promise you your mind it's already in our DNA because um we have we have this thing in our DNA where um after 30 days a habit is formed do you remember that it's in it's in uh books um, after about 30 days, a habit is formed and it's well formed. Um, and uh, my niece that I have, uh, we're learning that, especially with her. She just drinks in everything and she remembers everything. She's a little toddler. She's one and a half and she remembers everything. So everything is taking us 30 days for, to, to get her to really learn it. Um, it's like it's like we're that and we can we can all be whatever age and it will work um, after about 30 days. That that whatever we did in those 30 days is going to be is going to pop back up in our brain, uh, whether it be six years from now, six months from now or six days from now, six days past the 30 days. Our brains are going to pop what our DNA uh, stranded. And so when that pops up, watch what we do, watch the habits. Uh, so that's the advice I would give is watch the habit that you formed that you're forming every 30 days, watch the words that you speak, watch where your eyes and your focus and your, and your thinking goes and, and watch those that you come in contact with, watch what you write down um, and, and get those good reminders. I once had a desire to do this. Uh, they once said these things to me and, and, and not the things that they thought I should be, but the, in things that they noticed about me because they already loved me. It, it, you know, not just in relationships, that spouse or that relationship, that entanglement type thing. It's um, it's just those kind of encounters. They can come at you and your DNA can also let that out in dealing in those uh, encounters with them in situations. Do you get nervous at all when you're auditioning, when you're performing? Do you feel do you feel that beforehand or do you feel even in the moment? No, not uh, at first. Yes, my legs were shaking. Um, at, at first, uh, I had I really I, I had a lot of anxiety. My heart beat was my heart beat so fast. I can't even tell you the first time I actually spoke in front of a group of high schoolers. Um, I, I I did not. I gripped them. I gripped the atmosphere. It was electric. I slid right into it. But then, and you think you're all good. And then your heart just starts racing. My heart was racing 90 to nothing. And for a person who's already anxious, 
And the anxiety, by the way, um, uh, the anxiety from growing up um, and, you know, when people would lash out at me, stuff like that. Um, not too much. It wouldn't happen that much. But uh, until later on, that anxiety from that, talk about DNA, uh, triggered more anxiety later on. And you would think it would be while I was speaking, but it wasn't. My heart would just race. The anxiety actually wasn't auditioning. So, yeah, of course, auditioning, you're very nervous. It doesn't matter how many times you're in front of the camera. And the relaxation happens after you're on set and you develop a relationship with the director because it's really not other actors. It's developing the relationship with the director because you have to give them what they want. You have to. They are the masters behind. They're they're like they're like the head. They're the CEO of that film. They're the CEO and the casting directors in the head in those auditioning rooms. So absolutely. You know, is do I ever get nervous that the director's not going to like me? Absolutely. Do I ever get nervous that they're not going to like me in the auditioning room? Absolutely. Do I ever get nervous, uh, you know, around my agent or yeah. Do I ever get nervous on a red carpet? Yes. People trip on red carpets all the time. You know, people trip in their high heels. I worry about my heels being too high. <laughs> yeah. You know, it happens. things happen, but yeah, it's yeah. just, it's cool to hear that because I don't think the nerves ever go away. I think, especially if you're going to do something new, You've been doing this for for a long time as well, but I mean, when you try something new for the first time, the the nerves often are enough to deter people, and people say, "I can't do it." That's it. They they completely talk themselves out of it. I've done that before as well, and it's taken me it's taken me a long time to develop an a relationship with that doubt that I have and that feeling that I have that I can't do it because. I think there's always two voices. There's that one voice when you get this idea that's inspirational, that's positive, and it's saying, you can do this. There's no reason you can't do it. Then the second voice comes along, and it's always that negative voice, and they're always there. They're both there. And I think we've just got to choose which one that we listen to because just because they're both there, you don't have to listen to both of them. You can give power to one and quieten the other one as much as you can so do you have that do you feel still that you have these two voices happening at the same time or you have do you have a completely different experience um well okay the the spirit first of all i've trained my myself um and this kind of comes with being in the whole christian household um where i was taught that um you know, you, 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 uh, remember the, the, you know, the Bible, you remember verses in the Bible and, and those kind of things. And that can kind of help your mindset, which is honestly a proven fact that it does too, because it kind of expands your DNA cells. Um, there's an actual, you know, teaching and a lot of other books on that too. Um, but, as far as that goes, there's always also been a supernatural voice inside of me, just like when I was growing up. There's this supernatural, rather not voice, but feeling. There was also a supernatural feeling of 
I can do that voice. I'm a great imitator. That's also why I, you know, I, I make people laugh through imitations and things like that. You know, um, that works out in acting. It, it works out in auditioning and things like that. I'm a great imitator. I have a lot of energy growing up. I did not have energy. No, no. Growing up, um, I went through these kind of moods because of inflictions and because of abuse, that kind of thing. Um, I went through uh, social insecurities and I and I internalized everything. Um, I didn't know I was a painter. I didn't paint back then. Um, I, I I didn't know um, that I could I could be on set and use these different characters and kind of distort my face to where it looks exactly like this person person in this movie or this person whenever they're doing something historical monumental etc um i never i never knew the weight that that would carry and the power that that would carry um and yeah it, it, it's one of those things um there are always going to be voices there's still voices today um i feel like the older we get there's a strong voice that tells us what are you doing you know and i feel like when we're young we have innocent hearts, but when we're, as we get older, that innocence kind of just shreds away. My niece looks at me with wide eyes every time mm. I, you know, I call her things and I, and I call things over her and I say, you're going to be awesome. Um, when she's older, I hope she keeps that. When I was younger, I used to think like that. I, I used to think so simplistically. I didn't know that there was even a word for imitator, actor, things like that. And then I kind of grew up and it, it just those those negativities just become louder because bills and concerns yeah. and things just. And yeah. yes, so there's yeah. there's there's the adulthood voice, but then there's also. <laughs> this this day-to-day dna voice and you gotta kind of choose because let's just face it you don't want to look like a psycho like what are you on like a you're you're inside a car one minute and you're kind of talking to yourself type thing like hey shut up hey you can do it type, like no one wants to look yeah we yeah. so what do we choose you know <laughs> yeah i mean kids are so curious i love kids i've got two kids myself so i've got a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son, and they dream, they role-play, they imagine. So they're using their imaginary senses, and we lose that along the way. But I don't think we have to. I I still believe there's there's a place for that, and if if we remember how we use it as kids, then we can definitely put that in place as, as adults, and we can change. We can do something that we really want to do. And you don't have to make drastic changes, but you can at least start dreaming again and having that inspiration and start to to work towards something that's going to give you that that feeling that's going to light you up that's going to make you fulfilled and i think you you seem like a living example of that you 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 were fortunate enough you had this dream when you were so young 10 years of age is is quite young to know and you're like that's it that's what i'm doing and and you're doing it you're living proof that you can actually do something that you really want to do so your book, when did you actually, what inspired you to write the book? And just tell us a bit about the book itself. Obviously, you're doing signings all over the place at the moment. So how did it all come about and what's your intention with the book? My intention with book is to give people a simple, so simple, a childlike way of 
knowing who they are and knowing that you you grow a higher you step higher you you rock climb from mountain to mountain and you can and you can conquer mountains and you can get to the top of it one step at a time one ladder climb at a time you know one flight at a time you know you can go over you can do these things it's about a mindset and it's about being at a place in our own personal lives that is the best that we can be no, no more, no less than that. It's just a way of thinking. And it's gotten, it's got little to do with superficial things. I want to own a mansion and private jets and have this platinum credit card. I have nothing against those things. Those things are amazing. If your budget can afford it, that's amazing. Keep doing it. Keep being great. Keep motivating others with that. But at the end of the day, we're going to have to have a peace in our soul. And we're going to have to know that we need fulfilling. We, we need fulfillment. We need happiness. We, we all wish happiness on ourselves. It's in so many movies. It's at the end of movies. It's everywhere. You know, I've talked to even so, so, so many elderly people. I wish I could. I wish I would have. That's so true. Oh, yeah. I, I so resonate with that because one of the reasons I've completely shifted my career and where I'm going at the moment is because of that reason. I thought to myself, what happens if when, when it comes to the end? Because we're all, no one's getting out of here alive. So we're all, we're all going to the same place eventually. And so when it's my time, I don't want to be having that conversation with myself thinking, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I try that? I should have, I should have done something when I had this thought in my head. Yeah, I gave power to that other voice that I spoke about before. So I think the pain of regret for me far outweighs the discomfort of actually doing something that inspires me yet scares the head out of me as well at the same time. So, and I think it's a normal feeling. I think people sometimes think that feeling's exclusive to them that no one else experiences that, that this fear, this anxiety, this, this self-doubt and this almost paralysis where you don't actually end up doing anything. You just keep thinking about it and thinking about it, but you're too scared to take that action and, and actually do something different. And as adults, I, I understand because it took me a while as well to make this decision because responsibility, obviously you've got a family, you've got bills to pay, you've got if you've got kids, that, that's another big responsibility, probably the biggest responsibility in my life. And so all that stuff's going through your head. It's just interesting because there is a way to work out of it. And with your book, can you just give one or two things maybe to people who are listening where they might have responsibility, they might be full of self-doubt at the moment, but they know they want to do something different. They know in, the, in their heart that they want to try at least and move out of a current life and into something different. What's the first thing or a couple of things people in that situation should do? Okay. Um, that's a really good question. I mentioned there's a, there's a chapter in my book. Um, it's called, um, it's about eagles. I won't give too much away, but there's a little um, there's a little paragraph in there. Um, it's a whole chapter, so it's going to be great. Um, there's a snippet about eagles and one of their characteristics. Um, they don't have to eat every day. 
they have a uh, um, uh, a storage area in their food supply. And what's so interesting about this is, Simon, they don't have to eat every day because the fat is already stored from eating. They have literally stored this um, supply area that's in their belly. They have supplied it for days. They can literally feed on the fat in the air until they find their next home in that next season. Um, with that being said, what the next step for us all in this season, in this next season of our lives, whatever it is, if it's getting over a health problem or if it's, you know, nailing that audition or if it's creating your own podcast or if it's writing your next book or if it's just simply getting healthier, you know, you're trying to diet, you, you want to get healthier or if it's even more severe things like you want to get along with your kid or you want to develop better as a speaker, doctor, you know, whatever your path is as an artist yourself. The next, um, what I would advise to everyone, even for myself, uh, store up the food. That way you don't bite off more than you can chew. I see so much of this and it leads to paralysis. I love that you said that about paralysis. So um, that's what I would say store up the fat and have all that you need with your la with your the last meal that you had just remember it take that with you don't eat more don't eat much more just stay where you're at and then maneuver maneuver in the reminder and maneuver in that way in that direction and keep going that path it will feel so naturally and take it into that next season take that in the next uh, semester of your life so you're saying to take manageable action? Is that it? Really? Like small yeah. steps, small measurable steps, but at least start moving, like attempt to start moving in that direction that you want to go, yeah? Yes, don't, don't like grab a lot of people. They treat their life often like, like, there's, like there's just been a fire in their house and only take your, well, okay, you've got, you've got three things. Go in there and get them. Run, run, run. You know, and they, oh, my laptop, my wallet, my, you know, my family picture. And they grab these things and they go. And it shouldn't be like that. Manage those things. Don't wait for a fire. Have those things. What are you dealing with? Some people need to macro, micro manage, and some people need to uh, manage bigger things. Uh, this is also what I touch on in my book. Um, you know, micromanaging versus macro managing who needs to micro who needs to macro uh do i even uh, you know um have i even mastered this i'm trying and every single day i'm going to try harder and harder just like you know we all are simon we all are you know yeah. of course uh, so that's what i would say don't don't just grab that piece of food no don't just grab that piece of food be like that eagle store it in you know that you'll need it and then keep going you know i mean manage manage yeah it. yeah I've never spoken to someone in Hollywood before who's got who, who's had some experience living in Hollywood. What's it like? What is it what you expected when you started? Is it completely different? What are the people like? Is it almost like a fake world? Is it does it similar to our world? How is it? No, it's a battlefield. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a superficial battlefield. It's crazy. 
Um, well, first of all, you're everyone that's in entertainment industry. It's a small circle. It's a small industry. It's getting smaller daily. Um, it is so ridiculous, uh, ridiculously small. It's so ridiculously small. Um, those that want to be in it, uh, you know, uh, those that want to be in it. And then there's those that want to get out of it. And people are getting out every day. And I see that with actors on headlines right and left. I say, do your craft and don't worry about being in a circle or a world. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, it's very mechanical. It's very business. It's very, um, you know, you could, you could very easily lose yourself. Um, it's, it, it's another world. It's not imaginary at all. It's a lot of show of the business. It's a lot of, it's a lot of the business of the show business. It's a lot of business and it's a lot of fly by the seat of your pants, uh, spontaneous, crazy, spontaneous, just kind of robotic, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's crazy. It's cr so crazy. And people are so creative in this world. They're just different. There's a, there's a reason why it's, it's a world it's Hollywood land. That's originally uh, in Hollywood. That's, that's, it was originally the letters. It wasn't Hollywood. It was Hollywood land. Yeah. So it's a land in itself. What's your proudest moment? Have you got one? Moment. Yeah. Is there one that stands out? Is there a series of them? I I do. I have a proudest moment. The proudest moment was when I stepped into more of who I am and had a definite I, I had it I, I can't describe it. I just had a day. It wasn't writing my book, although that was a great accomplishment. You know, it, it wasn't getting into an agency that I that I that I got into and and yay. It, it wasn't walking my first red carpet. All those, those things are amazing. It, it wasn't, um, you know, it, it, it wasn't any role. Although those are great. Those are great. These are great moments. It wasn't, it, it wasn't having a positive mindset. It was knowing who I was and, and being okay with who I was because I, I'm, I'm not the best and I'm not uh, a person on that magazine. You know, I'm not that airbrushed, Barbie doll, you know, human, you know, anti-human that's on some magazine that has to be in a magazine. I'm me and I like myself and I have a pretty healthy mindset of who I am. And the day I, the day I felt that truly come over me was my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. Wow. That's excellent. What's next for you? Like you've got, you're still all over the place at the moment. So you're doing a lot of book signings right now. Is that right? Yes, I'm actually doing uh, more. I'm going to continue to do it in my home man, in my homeland, LA. Um, I'm going to continue to do it here and there and there. Um, I've got one in uh, San Antonio coming up. I've got one in uh, New Jersey coming up. Uh, and uh, some others I'm going to be hitting everywhere. Um, you know, Missouri, I'm going to be um, uh, going to um uh, uh, Washington, just all types of all types of states, many, many states, Miami, Miami, Florida, I'm going to be doing many and uh, virtuals too. not just signing in person, but virtuals too. But I love the signing in person because I get to personalize every person that I meet as I sign the book for them. How do people get your book, Holly? They get it when they go on my Instagram page and there's a website on there. You click that. Um, it's going to be at Higher Living Holly, 
And on my Instagram page, you can find my art and other little cool things to other we'll, moments. We'll put this I in the have. notes, by the way. This will all be in the show notes. So we'll put the Absolutely. link below. Absolutely. There's a link on that page that goes there and you can order it, all that kind of good stuff. Um, I, I can even sign it virtually for you if you would like. You, you will figure it out. I'll figure out how. I'm that generation. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> Whatever I have to do. I love people and I hope that's shown. So I hope that that's seen. Excellent. No problem. I just want to ask you one more question. And I, I end all the podcasts with this question. And that is okay. about the, the concept of limitless. What does limitless mean to you? Sure. Where you don't, you just manifest your desires. You manifest your, your desires through the mindset that you want and you achieve those things that you don't get stuck, but that you just manifest everything that your, that your mind visualizes and your, uh, your heart speaks out for. That's a limitless mindset and, and freedom, complete financial relationship, emotional, spiritually and physical freedom. Complete. Awesome. Thank you so much, Holly. It's been awesome having you on and you are full of energy. I love your energy. I love the fact that you're, you just put yourself in positions where you try different things. I think that's such a a big takeaway where it's massive because too often we pigeonhole ourselves and we end up doing one thing because we feel obligated to, to do that one thing and that's it. So I think it's awesome. And if anyone wants to get in touch with Holly, like I said, the links will be below in the show notes if you want a copy of the book. If they want to reach out to you personally, Holly, what's the best way to do that? Through Instagram? I have a Facebook. Facebook? Yeah, I, Instagram, yeah. Facebook. I have, I'm, very, um, I'm very accessible. Um, if you're having a crappy day, you want to say hi. Uh, if you want to connect with me, you have got a script. Uh, I'm working with a lot of directors right now. Even they have personal pages. I won't say who they are, but they, they, they make themselves so accessible. Why can't everybody else? Um, so, uh, I'm very accessible, uh, for directors, for close friends, for family. Um, just reach out. I have a Facebook, Holly Hester. Uh, that's my name, my handle. I just gave it. Uh, I have, um, uh, pay uh, uh, my uh, publishing uh, website, which is that, but I also have a personal one. Um, I don't really go on that. Just reach out to me through social media. I will answer you and my team and I kind of decipher from there. So, you awesome. know, I'm very personable. Yep. Thank you so much, Holly. Great to have you on and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Simon. You as Thank well. You. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you got value from this, please give us a like and a subscribe and also share this with someone who you think may benefit having listened to it as well. I wish you all the very best in chasing what is your own version of your limitless potential.